0: Here's your conservative but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Well, that is right, my friends. You have tuned in to America's Home for Conservative Not Bitter Talk. And it's a wonderful decision to start off your day. If you're listening on your way into the office and to work, it's a great way to wrap up the day. If you're catching us on the podcast or wherever you listen, it's a good, good decision that you've made and I appreciate you tuning in. Email Todd at com. Thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, and yes, of course, always adoration and praise accepted at that email address. And look, I want to, I've got several things. Anytime it gets, we get to Friday, um, we, uh, there, there's things that have happened during the week, throughout the week, I should say, ...that I haven't had a chance to get to that I've got on the in the stack of stuff today. Hat tip to the great Rush Limbaugh. And um, so I want to get to some of that. Some of this other stuff is new. And so I am going to start today... ...going to start today with a little bit of what's going on in the, I guess, the news cycle. Something I have noticed, which is peculiar to me. It's interesting. Um, some of these radical, committed leftists are out there saying things that I think are absolutely, well, I always think it's delusional when it comes to their, again, I don't even want to call them ideas, their worldview, perhaps, their emotions. Um, that's really what I think the, uh, well, the main problem is with their ideology is that it's based upon emotion and not thought and so forth. Um, But even not just their policies and worldview and so forth, but it's, it's now crept into uh, this, this campaign and folks, everything is political. You've heard me say that on this program. And, and oftentimes I, I lament that fact as, as a human being, Everything's political. You, you will have heard me say what you eat, what you drink, what you drive, what you wear. Um, heck, where you go to church, where you, um, anything. Anything today is a political statement. And we have huh, both, well, people have basically been pulled into echo chambers. I think social media has, has something, uh, something to do with that. I think just the nature and the vitriol um, that's happening throughout the Fruited Plain today, which you don't find on this program, by the way. We are conservative, not bitter on this program. I want to attack the ideas that I think are absolutely atrocious or terrible or, heck, in some cases, wicked and evil. Um, But it's never personal to me. It is personal for so many people, though. For so many people, it is very, very personal And so we end up, we end up, you may have heard people say before you're entitled to your opinion, just not to your own facts. Well, in today's world, there are two, don't misunderstand me. Facts are facts. Truth is truth. So it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what any of us believe. Those things that are, they are without our stamp of approval, right? So I am firmly in that camp. I think that is, well, I know that that's the camp of reason and sound judgment and so forth and honestly humility as well things that are right and true don't need my stamp of approval in spite of how wonderful this show is it doesn't need it doesn't need my approval right it doesn't it doesn't need that it doesn't need my thumbs up for it to be accurate and true i'm simply trying to communicate those things that are true and i think this country would be much much better if more people focused on that instead of focusing on the personal conflict side of this. And I try not to get into that. I really do. Um, sometimes it's impossible. Some people only want to engage in personal conflict. And yeah, we'll have, I mean, we have fun with it. It's got to be entertaining. But folks, I make fun of myself as well. It's never, it's never personal. But as we think about that, that reality, everything is political. Now we're heading into a campaign season. Or we're in a campaign season. In some sense, we're always in a campaign season, but we're heading into the midterm election season. And based upon, <laughs> based upon every indication, every bit of logic, every bit of, uh, you know, just analysis, anything that is objective. And if, well, if folks have sense and understand that This dumpster fire that we are all experiencing in this country today is 100% the result of radical leftists, again, quote unquote, ideas, their feelings, but ideas, policies, uh, worldview being pushed upon the American people by Joe Biden, by Congress, by the Senate. And this is what we have an unmitigated dumpster fire. Now, you will have also heard me on here say, and I believe this, and we need to take this to heart, there is no such thing as winning an election before the polls close. This is not a horse race. I Polls sometimes lull people into sleep. Sometimes they discourage people. None of that matters at some level. First of all, you got to believe in the veracity, the truthfulness of a poll. You have to believe in you know, the, the people that are reporting to you. You have to understand the types of questions they ask in the poll. Are they leading questions? How did they frame this thing? What does it look like? There can be some, certainly some valuable information to pull from those things. But the truth is that they're often weaponized. Weaponized to either speak lull Republicans into a false sense of security or to make them think what's the point of even voting. As I, I think it's typically that. But I think in this environment, they can't get away with that. The pollsters, they know. People go to the grocery store, the gas station. They can see you know, how much more expensive things are. They can see how in shambles, basic part, things that we used to take for granted... By the way, I went to a restaurant yesterday, told Oz this. We have made, if if you stick around long enough with the radical left, you'll make a full circle. Because when I was a kid, we had to go to plastic bags to save the trees, I think. And now we have to go back to paper bags to save the earth from the scourge of the plastic bag. So I'm just waiting for that cycle to... Turn yet again, Hunter Biden probably bought stock in paperback (laughs) companies or something. If we, if we really do some research, I'm kidding, just half kidding. If you get on, it might be on the laptop. I'm going to leave that, (laughs) leave that disclaimer out there. It could be on the laptop. Anyway, so we're heading into this election season, and every indication is that Republicans are in a great place to win and maybe win massively, even. What is it? Nate Silver's group. I can't think of the name of that at the moment. Five some numbers in there. Anyway, but Nate Silver's polling outfit even has I think it's an 88% chance that Republicans win control of the House. I'm pausing because I read this maybe last week. Um and there's some there's some that they, they ran analyses and some of those analyses actually show that Republicans could pick up on the periphery, right, and it's kind of a bell curve. you get got the meaty middle there, which is probably where the final count's going to end up. But on the periphery, on the edges, you'll find Republicans getting like 70-plus seats. So it's an outlier, but it's in the data. It's in the research. None of that matters, right? What matters is actually seeing this thing through. But what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me is how the left is talking about this, how they're talking about this. In fact, I want to start... Hold on here. I'm not ready for that. Hold on here. That's not what we meant to do. I want to start here with... Now, it's MSNBC, so that's obviously, you know, we have to understand what we're up against. I don't take that as a serious source of news or anything like that. I think... Again what they're trying to do is well they're trying to communicate stuff <laughs> to the American people to achieve an outcome that they um, that they desire that's what I that's what I think I think that that is precisely what they're trying to do and so they've got operatives out there who are saying things and I'll play the sound bite it's going to be next. Uh, next segment now because I'm actually having trouble getting this connection to properly work. But we'll do it after the break, assuming I can get this thing connected. But I think I can do that. So, um, so they're con- that. Well, they want to give off the air that they're confident. On top of that, you'll find <laughs> tweets and other communication. Here's a guy that I see his tweets from time to time and I have to be honest these are stupid intentionally inflammatory and trying to be offensive his name's John Cooper he's the former national finance chair of draft Biden 2016 so that tells you a lot <laughs> he, he he thought he was on the committee that said we got to get this this is the guy we want we want this guy we need to go through all of the democrats and make sure we find a direct path To Joe Biden. That's our guy. So this guy was on that committee. So this guy wanted Biden when it wasn't even cool from the radical left to want Biden. So that's how, I mean, even when he had a full slate of choices, he said, that's our guy. That's our guy. The guy that has to hold cue cards and notes when he's sitting down at the table to know when to stand, when to introduce himself, how to wave, how many, how many twists of the wrist during the wave. He needs to know how many steps to take. He needs to know who to introduce and all that stuff, where to sit, how many times to chew his food, all this stuff on pieces of paper. We know that that happens for president Biden. And for all we know, there's a, my (laughs) little, a little earpiece in there, (laughs) giving him some instructions as well. That's just fun for me to think about because I can only imagine if that's a you know, if that were to happen, which I don't put anything past these these folks, but if that were to happen, I can only imagine the frustration of the person on the other side, the other side of that microphone, trying to explain to Biden, no, you're right, Mr. President. No, no. My right is you're, you're facing me. You're right. Your other right. Two steps. Right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we're that we're dealing with. But this guy, John Cooper, he wants to be, and I'm just playing, it's not... President Biden... His ability to speak, convey thoughts, communicate should terrify anybody at this point in time. And, and I, I don't take any pleasure. I'm playing around, you know, having fun, but I don't take any pleasure. It's not, this, is, this is serious stuff, right, the President of the United States. But anyway, this John Cooper, he tweets out, I'm increasingly confident that the Democrats will pick up enough seats in the U.S. Senate to reform the filibuster rule. So right now, the Democrat, well, there's technically 48 Democrats in the Senate. There are two independents that caucus with the Democrats. So I don't know precisely. (laughs) He probably means enough for a majority when they set the Senate rules. He doesn't I'm presuming um, meaning enough to get to sixty, but who knows what these folks are really trying to to convey? So he's increasingly confident. He says that the Democrats are going to win seats in the Senate enough so to where they can get rid of the filibuster rule. And if that's the case, if you think if you think it's intense now, just wait. Just wait. By the way, did you see the um, what do you call those? things that people sign. You sign the thing to get Clarence Thomas impeached. What do you call those things? I don't know. I'm having a brain freeze at the moment. Oz is not paying attention to me either. But there's, um, you know, petition. There you go. Thank you, Oz. Petition going around wanting to impeach uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Of course, there's a million signatures. I would venture to say a million people have no idea what that even means or why he should be impeached other than he's you know in favor of interpreting the constitution and not just forcing liberalism upon the american people that's the only that's the only reason by the way if republicans were doing this headline would be republicans trying to impeach first black supreme court or well He's not the the first black Supreme Court justice, but it would be the first black Supreme Court justice to be impeached, right? And that would be the story. That would be the narrative. Republicans wouldn't want to talk about this, just like they took impeachment off the table for Obama during that time frame because Obama was America's, well, again, I guess second black president because they tell us Bill Clinton was America's first black president. So try to make sense of all that stuff. That's good luck with all that. Words mean things, but they don't to the radical left, other than being a tool to accomplish their desired intent, which is to weaken the Constitution, to encroach upon freedom, and to empower themselves. So these leftists are either acting, uh, puffing up their chest, and acting like they're more confident than they really are, or, (laughs) you know, one of the first things I have to ask myself is what sort of plan, what sort of scam do these jokers have up their sleeve as we head into the the midterms? I mean, if you're that confident, based upon the the lay of the land right now, that Democrats are going to win the Senate and, and increase their majority in the Senate, I guess it's technically 50-50, but you know what I mean, with Kamala's Kamala's vote there, um, it's 51-50. But it makes you wonder, they're either... They're either posturing here and just trying to, they're just grasping at straws, hoping something sticks so that people will vote for their, their side, or um, they know something that the rest of us don't know. Or, well, I don't want to get into that too much, but you know, like it, it just makes you wonder. It makes me it makes me wonder because no rational person right now would look at the lay of the land, see how upset people are with Biden, the policies of the left, and the consequences of living under the radical left's worldview and think that that's somehow a winner for the Democrat Party in November. Timeout is in order. Long in this segment. I'm going to stop talking about this because there's other things I want to get to. So, quick timeout is in order. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, my friends, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. No way in the world do I have time to get to everything I want to to today. I said I wanted to move on, but. I promised you also that I was going to play a soundbite. I I want to do that because it's relevant in tying up that discussion about where the left stands and how the game of politics is being played here. They're actually now openly calling for people to basically let people hate Biden. You you think about how bad, how bad it has to be when the strategy is, all right, guys, our Our number one guy, our go-to guy, a guy that John Cooper, who I talked about last segment, looked out in a sea of Democrats and said, that's our guy. That's our presidential candidate. That's who we want at the top of the ticket. That's the guy who's going to usher in the utopia and bring in just peace on earth. Save us from the destructiveness of President Donald J. Trump. That's what we were supposed to believe. So... That the strategy now for the left is to, is to basically say, hey, you want to hate Biden, hate him. Hey, truth is, man, I can just see some of these Democrats up there saying it. Truth is, I kind of hate him too. Now, that's not me talking. That's I can see, I can see one of these jokers saying it. Yeah, I mean, you're right to hate him. I don't know what the guys in there are doing. I mean, they have completely abandoned President Biden at this point. So I want you to listen to this. This is the MSNBC discussion i'm probably going to cut it off because i can only handle so much of this um but this is uh msnbc matthew dowd is joining nicole wallace and basically explaining the strategy here so here it is
1: um matt island of misfit toys seems generous for some of these um, cats tell me what you see. Well, you know, we've had this conversation and I've been trying to raise my hand and saying there's this interesting group of voters out there who don't like Donald Trump and don't like Joe Biden, but are very concerned about what's going on in America right now. Obviously, they have concerns about inflation and gas prices, but they're also concerned about choice and guns and what's happening to our democracy. And almost in every single state right now, those voters right now, if you look at the polls, are breaking for the Democrats right now. There's not a single targeted Incumbent Democrat in the country right now, even though with Joe Biden's net negatives at net negative approval at minus 15 or minus 20, there's not a single Republican ahead of an incumbent Democrat, not in Arizona, not in Nevada, not in New Hampshire, uh, not in Georgia, as you've shown. And there's opportunities right now that Democrats pick up. They would pick up today in Pennsylvania. There's a poll out yesterday in Ohio that shows Tim Ryan ahead in Ohio. Wisconsin's a dead heat. It's very close in North Carolina, which is an incumbent Republican race. And so it's these voters uh, more than anything right now, and this, that's who the Democrats need to talk to. I, I mm-hmm. thought of something the other day, and you may not say this directly or you may, Democrats can take keep the House and keep or expand the Senate if they do yeah. one thing, well, is. which is allow voters to dislike Joe Biden But give them an argument about why it's so dangerous Republicans can take over power.
0: Well, unfortunately, Mr. Dowd, everything that you and your radical leftist friends have told us was going to happen in this country under President Trump has happened on the watch of a Democrat presidency, a Democrat House under the leadership of Nancy Pelosi, and a Democrat Senate under the leadership of Chuck Schumer. So, now, look, I'm not, look, this, you know my position on this. It doesn't matter, polls, it's not a horse race. I mean, there is an election, the ballots are counted. I'm not going to get into that whole thing. Although, I will say here, I do, we're watching, we're watching the documentary 2,000 Mules. If you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen this, I want you to watch it with me in our online community. In fact, we've got a coupon um, I got to pay a licensing fee to to stream the the you know the documentary Two Thousand Mules. This is the documentary done by Dinesh D'Souza. They pre- present evidence basically um, as to how voter fraud took place, and they've picked five key states. What is it? Arizona, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, and who am I forgetting? Pennsylvania. Thank you, Oz. Here, I thought Oz was overtaking a nap. She's paying attention. So, this is, um, this is, we're going to watch it on our community, but I want to invite you, and there's, you can watch it with me live. We can chat um, during the documentary. You can save three bucks. I think it's the least expensive ticket you're going to find to watch this documentary. It's the first time we've done something like this. i would love to have you there. All you have to do is go to conservativenotbitter.com conservativenotbitter.com and use discount code TODD, my name, T-O-D-D, during during checkout. That's the promo code. Enter that. You'll save three bucks. There's two options. One is for the general admission to the movie or to the documentary. The other one is for that plus uh, joining an online discussion group that I'll host after the documentary. And we'll keep that... Um, you'll have access. you'll have access to the, well, to that documentary and all the other stuff for for a week. Um, we can't provide infinite access to the documentary. So anyway, conservative dot com, use code, promo code, Todd, my name. That ends that shut that promo code. I can't extend it if I wanted to. It ends to uh, tonight. Tonight, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you take advantage of that. I'd love to see you there. But look, that, when we start talking about this campaign, when we start looking at the Democrats now suddenly being confident, I'm telling you, this stuff becomes super relevant to me. Makes me wonder. I have questions. We're not allowed to. We're not supposed to. You watch the documentary, you see what they did, Allegedly. Well, yeah, you look at what the evidence shows and you're at, you ask yourself, is this, I mean, are we prepared this time? Is this, have we blown the cover off of this? Is this, are some of the steps uh, states have taken going to prevent this? Is this still a problem? Have they figured out another way to engage in shenanigans or whatever? Maybe you watch it and say there's not enough of it to make an election be overturned. That's fine. But every American, I'm telling you, every American should know what happened. The evidence of what happened in 2020. And it is, it cannot happen again. I don't care who wins. I do care. It makes no difference who wins elections. This simply cannot ever happen again. No way, no how. I got to take a break. Come back. We're going to shift gears and get to something I've wanted to get to all week. Just haven't had the time. So sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So something that I saw on social media, and I I don't like, I'm just going to be honest. I like connecting with you. If you connect with me on social media, I like the fact that we connected there. I don't like social media in general, though. It it drives me crazy. Uh, In fact, if you had the privilege of asking the staff what I say about that whole process, uh, you would uh, probably chuckle to even hear me talking about this. But um, I did see something the other day that really kind of got my blood pumping. To be honest, it might have gotten Oz's blood pumping stronger or harder than my blood. There's a tweet from a guy named Dan White Jr. Now, look, I folks are coming and going in this, you know, program all the time. You may be listening on radio, you may be listening on podcast, you may have just tuned in, which shame on you for missing the first half of the program, but that's okay. Um, you can always get the podcast and listen to the whole thing. But um, I'm, I'm a conservative. Christian and I think I actually think this tweet could not be more incorrect I think if someone was trying so this tweet is akin to Biden's policies you know when people say you couldn't be more wrong unless even if you were trying uh, which of course raises the question do the does the left do that intentionally which I think there's a very strong case to be made it's the most logical explanation at some point. If it's that bad consistently, everything they touch and they hate America and they tell us they hate America at some point, I think we got to wake up and say, hey, they're just doing what they're telling us. They're doing what they're telling us they're going to do. That's another issue in and of itself. But there's a part of you, I'm guessing, if you're like me, that doesn't want to believe that because we don't want to believe that people can hate this country that much to want to do it. But we're not naive. We know. We accept it. We just don't want to. Anyway, this tweet is similar to that. I think, and look, if you, whoever you are, whatever your beliefs, you you have a seat at the table in this country. I mean, this is the way this country was founded, right? You have you have a seat. You have a voice. You can try to persuade, engage, all that stuff. And I encourage you to do it. I just would encourage you to do it based upon truth, not upon the emotions, emotions I should say, and the lack of logic that's provided by the radical left. So, but I'm a conservative Christian, and I this needs to be pointed out because I think mean, this this is critically important. This tweet says, "I think Christianity," and I 100% disagree with this. 100%. He says, I think Christianity should sit out the culture wars. It's really okay if we lose and let someone else win. We got a ton of really important Jesus stuff to do, and that, that has nothing to do with triumphing, ruling, or governing. Now, this was tweeted out um, July 5th, so just a few days ago. Um, and, of course, it's in, I mean, I don't know everything that was in this guy's mind prior to tweeting this thing, but, of course, we're in the the wake of the Roe v. Wade case being overturned. And then of course a lot of people were, you know, telling, oh, don't get too excited, Christian. Don't, don't, don't party too much. And you've heard how I handled it. That's that's not how, that's not in my DNA. That is not in my DNA. Can I tell you a quick story though? Quick story. This reminds me of how much this is not in my DNA. I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> because <laughs> some of you would know this individual. But when we my high school basketball team, senior year, we won sectional. The basketball sectional, 1996. First time our school had won in like 53 years. And it was single class back then. And I'm at a small school, uh, small, smallest or one of the smallest 2A schools at the time, which was Monrovia. And we beat a county rival um, and went on to the sectional. And um, some folks, we were all together in a vehicle, decided it would be a good idea. I was mortified by this, by the way, to go to like one of the restaurants in town. The team went to it to order food and almost some of them were basking in the in the glory of having just defeated the team that that, you know, that's their town. I was absolutely, <laughs> I was mortified. I didn't even want to show my face. I thought this is, we don't need to be doing that. Um, but that's what happened. And some of them were eating it up. I'll just say that and they had a good time. It was all in good fun, you know, but anyway, point is, I, that's not in my, I'm not wired by that. Some people are fine, whatever, but I think saying that we should sit out of the culture wars and let, it's okay to let someone else win. I, <laughs> I would ask Dan here what he thinks we have one uh, Christian values has won in the Culture, and I don't mean like implementing it in government. I just mean in the culture war in general, persuading people. What? Where have we won lately, Dan? Where Where have we won? And by the way, I was thinking about this earlier. Everyone was after the Roe v. Wade. Don't Don't celebrate too hard. We don't want to. We don't want to offend somebody. Which again, I didn't do that. But I think okay. At the same time, now I think I, we should celebrate a little bit because I sure remember the day that the Supreme Court unilaterally declared that gay marriage was a constitutional right, the White House was lit up in the rainbow flag. Now, the other side has no problem celebrating. The other side has no problem saying love wins, which I would think, if you're talking about the life of an unborn child, an unborn baby, and the end of of a a national constitution, a federal constitutional right to an abortion, I think of all the things that people say love wins with, I kind of think that that, might be at the top of the list. Love wins. Love wins for the rights of unborn children. But that's not cool with Dan. Dan thinks that we need to go lose some. And I look around at culture today, and I think, Dan, is your head in the sand, my friend? What in the world are you talking about? I mean, how many many teachers teaching nine-year-olds, as we had in the state of Washington? I haven't talked about this yet teaching nine-year-old students how to, and if there's young ears around right now, plug them, pausing for the purpose of making sure that the young ears, children don't hear this. I'm going to tell you something that's happening in school, a school district in Washington. I'm going to tell you in three, two, one. But a teacher in a Washington state school is happy, bragging about how she's teaching nine-year-olds to sexually pleasure themselves. I don't know what Dan thinks about these things. I don't know if Dan thinks that that's Christianity winning in the culture war, but I kind of think that is letting someone else win. And I kind of think that part of the problem that we have today is that we've been, we have, again, I'm not talking through the force of government. I'm talking through persuasion, and actually going out and engaging and, and speaking truth. I think we've done that way too much, Dan. I'm not cool with losing. What the world does that even mean? Anyway, I have so much more to say about this. And again, you don't have to be a Christian. Whatever, what, folks, whatever your viewpoint and belief is, my I'm saying you should be empowered to go out there and try to persuade. Try to persuade. I don't even know what it means to say, It's okay if we lose sometimes and let someone else win. Did Dan get a trophy when he finished fourth place in his four-team soccer league? I don't even know what this means. I can't even relate to this. This is preposterous. It is insane. And the idea that Christianity has won the culture war in America in modern times is, I don't have the words to describe how far out of, Reality, that perspective is. Quick time out, my friends. Continue discussing this when we get back. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I want to remind you, if you want to watch 2,000 Mules with me, you can go to conservativenotbitter.com. Get your ticket. Get your ticket. Save $3 with discount code TODD through 11.59 p.m. today. Today's July 8th um I'll also tell you if, if you forget that code you can also you can still text uh three one seven two one zero twenty eight thirty 2830 and text mules and i'll send back the link but i can't i i'm manually doing those right now we don't we've played with a couple of automated systems but for this i want to manually do this so there might be a staff member but i've been doing most of them. But if you want to do that, text Mules to so 317-210-2830. two one zero twenty eight thirty. I'll send you the link. But the, again, eleven fifty nine PM tonight Eastern Time is the last time you can use that code. But I want to, I want to see you there. I would love to to have you there. It's the first time we've done something like this, and who knows, you might even get a special bonus treat or two uh, from from attending. So, want to continue here with the time we have left. This notion, this this tweet that I referenced from. Uh, what's this fellow's name? I got it here on our Stack of Stuff page. If you ever want to go see it, community.toddhuffshow.com, Stack Stuff, go to July 8th. It's the very top thing. Dan White says he thinks Christianity should sit out of the culture wars. I just think, you know, again, no matter what your perspective, I think you should be able to make the argument publicly. I wouldn't tell you to sit it out. I, I don't even know what that what that means. I understand that we shouldn't be trying to legislate you know, turn into law. Um, you know, people go to church or whatever. That's that's not what he, this is about. Engaging the culture, and I would remind Dan, who's probably a good guy, he's just really, really 180 degrees wrong on this. The any how many times in the Old Testament did God send prophets to go to talk to people, whether it's Israel or even other other countries and so forth, about. What they're practicing in their culture. I mean, that's kind of that was a thing, right? And and this was again, how many times people of faith should meet people where they are in the culture, and to say you should sit it out, and that's okay if we lose, we lose one. What does that even, what does that mean? Is it okay if we let? people fall into practice or into, you know engaging in things that are really unhealthy and sometimes downright evil because we, eh, it's time for it's time for the, you know the uh, the military uh, LGBTQ type folks to win and to go ahead and let, let them let them teach our third graders whatever they want. That seems fine to me, right? They should let him get a, get a victory. That seems reasonable, you know. I mean, on down to whatever, whatever cultural issue. But my goodness, the idea that our problems are because people are communicating and accepting biblical truth and principles in the culture, that's the problem we have? That, that is mind-blowingly naive to me. I don't know where this guy's from. I don't know where he goes in his day-to-day life, but that is not that's not the problem that we have. I think the problem is people who are Christian or you know, people who are uh, people of faith have been told they cannot engage with culture. To keep that in the church, to keep that to keep those truths out of, you know, the discussion or the debate. And I think that's much, much more likely to be closer to the cause of this problem than us winning too much. <laughs> I just, I, I, whatever, I gotta take a break. Sit tight, my friends, back in just a minute. All right, my friends, all the time that I have today for the week, in fact, again, wanna invite you want to invite you i'd love to see you there watching the 2000 mules documentary with me live actually going to be in a couple of weeks july 21st but the coupon to save three bucks is going to expire tonight 11 p.m go to conservative use discount code promo code i think is technically what it's called todd t-o-d-d to save three dollars on whichever package you decide to purchase. And I hope to see you there. Folks, have a wonderful weekend. See you Monday. SDG.